All right, folks. Welcome in episode 32 of Rams Edge. And we're bringing you an episode following a Rams win, a first Rams win of the 2022 regular season. The Rams held on for a 31-27 victory over the Atlanta Falcons in a game that, well, looked like it was on the verge of a complete blowout and ended up being way closer than people imagined. Before we get into it, I will ask if you haven't already to be sure to subscribe to Rams Edge, the show. And uh, let's dive right in, right? Anyone at any point, if you guys want to call in, you're more than welcome to. Uh, feel free to hit the call in button like Hugh just did. Um, welcome to the show, Hugh. How's it going? Uh, it's going good. Um, awesome. I've got a quick thought. Yeah. Um, I've been seeing a lot of things about, oh, Rams choking this lead. But, at, I mean, at the end of the game, we just really got so unlucky with the block punt and the fumble. So, I don't really think it was the Rams' entire fall. I think it's just really unlucky what they had. I hear you there. Um, You know, I think really there's there's going to be people that are upset about this game. And I think Sean McVay summed it up as good as he can do, right? Um, I don't know if anyone saw the video of him after the game, the speech, but a win is a win is a win. And what basically what he means is, look, like you can't take these for granted. And while it sucks, like they had a blowout, he doesn't care about style points. He just wants to get the win. And when you look at around the league, the Jets came back from two possessions down to two minutes to go. Cleveland blew that lead. You have, you know, the Chargers who, you know, Justin Herbert throws a pick six. They pretty much had that game in hand if they score a touchdown, but he throws a pick six and they end up losing 27-24. You have Baltimore, who's up 28-7 to on Miami at the half. And Miami comes out, and they win. And they, they win 42-38. to New England and Pittsburgh. You know, Pittsburgh at home. New England looked pitiful last week. They win 17-14. to Jacksonville comes out, blows the doors off of the Indianapolis Colts. The Giants go 2-0. Tampa is shut out for the first three quarters. They end up winning the game 20 to 10. Detroit, they punch first. They punch hard. They're up huge. They give up the lead. Washington comes back, and they still pull away. You have Seattle last week. Seattle on Monday Night Football. They beat Denver, who everyone was crowning right off the bat. The Niners just beat them by 20 after losing their starting quarterback for the year. Denver barely beat Houston at home. Vegas is up 23-7, to and they blow that lead on the final play of the fourth quarter, and they go into overtime with a possession. They fumble and lose the game to the Arizona Cardinals. And Cincinnati goes 0-2, goes from the Super Bowl to 0-2, loses to Dallas. These wins are not a given. And when he says style points... I resonate with that because at the end of the day, this isn't college football. You don't need style points. It, the rankings don't matter. Power rankings are just to, you know, make content. They don't decide who gets to the Super Bowl and whatnot. So, yeah, I'm, I'm annoyed because I would have loved to see this team blow the Falcons out. But at the same time, it's like, you know, they got the win. They held on. They had the, the comeback bid. Falcons played good football down the stretch. And I thought it was a testament to Marcus Mariota playing good, mistake-free football, managing the game, 
and, you know, managing it enough where if they had a couple of those lucky breaks, like you're saying, Hugh, yeah. they would have a chance to take advantage of it. And I think we saw that firsthand. Yeah. Um, I mean, my thoughts on the game, I thought Stafford played really well. He, he did have two picks, which is unfortunate. But otherwise, I think he played well. Um, I love that A-Rob got some more receptions. Um, that was good to see. And the, it was something that surprised me, which I was sad to see um, about Akram going out. But the O-line hold, held up very well. Yeah, I thought the O-line was great for, you know, what we, we come to expect, right? You know, I, I really – I was impressed with uh, with the O-line based on last week. Um, all those injuries, you know, they might have yeah. actually found the secret sauce in that. So, Yeah, and then, I, I don't know, I think the defense just played a lot better. They looked more in tune. Um, and Durant with that pick, he's looking pretty good. Yeah, Durant looked – he had a hell of a game. That was, that was big time for Durant, big time. Uh, Marv, how, how are you doing, and, and what were your thoughts on the game? Uh, I have a couple comments on uh, Safford, Samford, and uh, he's such a great thrower of the football. Mm-hmm. And let's put it to bed that there's something wrong with his elbow. This is silly now. <laughs> Yes, that needs but, to go away. But there are times there's a gunslinger in this kid. And uh, he's going to throw a couple. And he threw he threw a couple bad ones. Flat ass yeah. into, into coverage. And uh, we could have knocked him out with those completions. Or another play. So I think we're going to have to live with that with, with him. But there's definitely more to gain with him than to lose. Yeah. I mean, I I think really what it comes down to is we have to understand that, you know, everyone makes jokes, right? Oh, you can't take the Detroit out of Stafford. Um, You can only take Stafford out of Detroit. (laughs) You know, there's the jokes, right, Mark? But at the end of the day, I mean. I don't mean that. (laughs) Yeah. But there might be some truth to that, just not what you would think. Like, He's so used to having to carry his team. Exactly. That's true. I, you know, I, I see that, that. Yeah. That like, why is he going to change his tendency? He's been with, you know, Detroit for over, you know what? He's there for 11 years. Like, how is he going to overnight change how, like his approach? Like, I mean, that takes time. Like, I don't even think he's going to fully change himself this year. I think you're still going to see the interceptions. He yeah. might throw more than he did last year, but I think he's going to throw more touchdowns. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think you just, you see the throws he makes and you're like, I mean, who, who else in the NFL is throwing that one, the far sideline, throws it from the far hash, the far sideline to Cooper Cup in like a really tight window. Who's yeah. throwing that ball? Because I can no tell one. you the Brady that I saw the last two games is not doing that. You know, maybe no. like maybe Aaron Rodgers. I mean, there are very select few guys that are making throws that Matthew Stafford is making. The thing that bothers me, is that the interceptions like kind of overshadow how great of a freaking game he played? That's what yeah. bothers me. True, because that's true. all anyone's talking about. Yeah, you know, Stafford put down the interceptions, not Stafford threw an unbelievable, you know, back shoulder fade to Cooper Cup, or you know, he threw a beautiful pass to uh, Allen Robinson for the touchdown, 
or, you know, the fact that he was pretty much unstoppable in the first half, aside from that interception. Like, nope, it's that he threw two picks. People look at the score. They make assumptions. I'm sure the mainstream media will say, you know, Stafford was the reason this is a close game. And unless you watched it, you know, you wouldn't realize. Like, Stafford definitely was not the reason this game was close. His interceptions really didn't matter a whole lot. Um, you know, really, it was like, you know, Hugh said. It was some freak stuff. You know, Cooper Cup fumbling the ball. I, yeah. I don't see people getting on Cooper Cup's back the way they're getting on Stafford throwing the picks. Cup's fumble was huge. You know? <laughs> you don't hear anybody knocking Cup. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now let's be honest here. Cup has been unbelievable. He's done things we've never seen. So I'm not saying everyone should go and trash the guy. But it's called holding guys accountable. And if you're going to you know, throw it at one guy, you have to keep that same energy to the other. Um, and, and, you know, I think, you know, ultimately, you know, fans, like we're all fans here, uh, you know, I think fans like certain players and dislike certain players. I see it in every team that I root for, uh, you know, fan base. So, I mean, there's some guys that fan has a pick on, uh, the fans have a pick on. There's some guys that the fans like really like, um, you know, a guy, for instance, I think the fans have a pick on is Ben Skronik. And reason is because of, well, you know, in the big moments, he didn't really come through. Uh, but I thought he was great today. Seeing him as a fullback, I mean, that was that was great to see that, you know. So that, that was something that I really liked. It stood out to me is the way they use Ben Skoranek. Uh They got different looks for him at the fullback spot. Um, and then on top of that, you know, I also really liked how they weren't just stuck in 11 personnel. I love 11 personnel. But to see them have like the the versatility to to get out of that a little bit and, and you know just not be stuck in like empty formations and things like that like the empty set, I thought that was a breath of fresh air to see that. I think that was necessary. I think that was needed. Uh, it shows you the Rams make uh, you know adjustments and a big adjustment they made early on the game, similar that they did last week. Raheem Morris uh, said you know basically told. Bobby Wagner to pin his ears back and go rush the passer. And I absolutely love blitzing Bobby Wagner. If you, if you mix it up in the right way, it's kind of like a pitcher, you know, throwing too many breaking balls. Like if you, if you blitz Bobby Wagner too much, you know, quarterbacks are going to read that they're going to take advantage of it. Just like if you throw too many breaking pitches, you know, eventually, you know, a batter's going to be able to see that. But if you can mix up your, your pitches, you can make, you mix up those reps in which you're having Bobby Wagner blitz that could be dangerous, you know, and we've seen that it completely froze Brian, uh, not Brian Allen. It completely froze Josh Allen last week and it completely froze Marcus Mariota this week. So I, I think there was a lot of uh, things to like, um, and I don't think that the, you know, the final score should take away from such great things that we saw out of guys like Jacoby Durant uh, getting seven turnovers for the defense through the first two games and uh, being an offense that basically in the first half was unstoppable. I wasn't, I wasn't, I don't want anybody to think I was knocking Stafford. I'm not. I'm no. just, I'm just no, making an observation. And <clears throat> the same thing with Ramsey, that interception he made to end this game. No one's really talking about it. Do you know, you know what he did? He was directly behind the receiver. 
He jumped higher, put his hands over the man, his hands in front of the ball, and caught it and took it away. I mean, yeah. guys, that doesn't – guys like Stafford and Ramsey, yeah, they're superstars, and they sometimes, you know, they shoot for the stars and miss. But when they hit it, guys, no one else can do what they can do. No, you're right. I mean, the stars came through. Boondi, how's it going? Mute. You just got to unmute yourself. <clears throat> Guys, also, if you're enjoying this, be sure to share it around. The, the interwebs uh, does help the uh, helps the show, helps get people in here. We have 13 people in here, so love to see that. Continue to grow this thing. Um, yeah, I'm just... Uh, Boondy, whenever you're ready, you're uh, you're next up. So, yeah, we have 98 subscribers now, almost 100. Hear me? Oh boy, yeah, you're having some some tech difficulties. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really know how to correct it. Um. I mean, I would probably back out of the app and then back into it, I guess. But if you can't hear me, we'll see. So while we wait for for him, um, I'm going to ask you guys a question. At any point, you guys can use the the comment section. I can see all the comments. Um, You know, all that. But anyway. I, I could see all, all the comments and everything. So yeah, let's let's talk a little bit more about this offense. Um, you know, if anybody wants to put comments and give their thoughts, Marv, if you want to give your thoughts, what are some things that you really liked about you know the offense? Is there anything that really stood out to you that was a big, aside from the fullback um, usage, is there anything like big that stood out to you that they made like you know big time adjustments from last week into this week? Well, I love that they had Skoranek in there as a fullback. I know you didn't want, but to me, that says something about McVay. Because I do feel that the Rams have gotten somewhat predictable. And uh, uh, it just shows that he can invent and he can change. And I, I think the Rams, you know, sometimes you just can't. When they know exactly what you're going to do, you can't you can, can't move those defensive linemen. So you've got to get them thinking a little different. Yeah. Well, I was I will say this: I don't think the Falcons are a bad football team, and I felt like seeing the offensive line play the way they did in Week Two was a breath of fresh air for that reason because I think they have pass rush. I think they have players that could get to Stafford that could blow the game up. Grady Jarrett is somebody there. Lorenzo Carter, guys like that. They definitely have guys that could make it a pain for, you know, the Rams. And just to see, you know, the way they reacted and and the offensive line, they lost their starting offensive lineman on the second play. Their starting right guard who was literally starting in relief for another injured player they lost him on the second play of the game and they did not skip a beat. After that, they were still as good as they were the first two plays. I thought that was really impressive. 
Um, I cannot wait to look at the film. You know, I can't wait until all 22 drops. I will have a, uh, a live stream going through the whole tape and everything uh, of Rams Falcons, probably around Wednesday on the YouTube channel. But I'm really excited for it. You know, I'm excited to see the film because the offensive line seemed to be really good. Stafford only got sacked once. And I think it's because they gave him a sack when he was running. If you remember running towards the sideline, I think they called that a sack. Jackson has hit two home runs with only two times at bat. Last year he came in, played a whole game, didn't allow a sack. Comes in at guard, doesn't allow a sack, and they move the ball on the ground. Um, Sounds like he's batting a thousand. Yes. (laughs) Amazing, really. Yeah. And I I don't know if he I don't know if he worked out at guard. Uh, much but he he played guard in the preseason but there were a lot of people getting on his case because they said he wasn't a guard and honestly I was one of those people um I I didn't think he was a guard or anything like that but (laughs) it's once again a reminder that you know when you look at you know what the the Rams offensive line was in preseason look who he's playing next to Bobby Evans at right tackle they were adamantly against playing Bobby Evans today. So that that's all that you need to know about that. So Bobby Evans, a right tackle, Jack Snyder at, at center, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Jeremiah Colon at left guard, who I thought had a good preseason. But the point still stands. He's not playing around starters in preseason. So when people were trying to say, you know, Alaric Jackson's not good, I was like, well, listen, <laughs> this man this man joined the team. Uh, yeah. You know, last year, he, uh, you know, he joins the offensive line starting five and he balls out immediately. Exactly. So it wasn't, you know, we can look at preseason all we will, but at the end of the day, it's just not a fair evaluation of the offensive line. Because if you're going to put a guy who would likely be in the starting rotation or at least, you know, has played in the starting rotation before, if you're putting him into a backup offensive line, well, I hate to break it to you, but he's likely not going to do very well because it's very rare an offensive line, at least one guy can carry four other guys on the offensive line. I mean, I've never seen it happen. Maybe it's happened before, but it's very rare it's going to happen. So it, it was really nice to see him in there. Uh, the Rams have to feel good about that. They have to feel bad about Tremaine Ankrum. They might have lost him for the year. Um and uh, Ode Abushi, stock up for him. He joins the Rams practice squad, and now he's probably going to the 53-man roster after this injury. So it's just the uh, – that's just the way the NFL is, man. It's, uh, What's his background, Jake? What's his background? Abushi, um, yeah. he actually played in Detroit with Stafford. Um, he started some games last year with the Chargers. He doesn't give up a lot of sacks, uh, gives up a lot of pressures. So, you know, that's that's something. But he's a right guard. They got him definitely because they felt like they had to. And I believe they did have to. But, you know, he's uh, in his last 18 completed starts going back to 2019. He's only given up one sack. He's given up 19 pressures. So average is about a pressure a game. Has only given up one sack in those 18 games. So that's pretty good. Hugh, 
How's it going? Uh, good. I got two things. Uh, first off, which I don't think we've given it. I don't think we have been getting enough credit to the running backs. I thought Akers and Hendo played great today. I thought Hendo looked great today. Um, I saw Akers my reservation about Akers. Akers had some runs, but uh, Akers had Akers. He had some runs when he looked explosive, and then some he didn't. So I'm not sure really about him. The other thing is that, um, I think it was Wednesday. We were getting reports about Leonard Floyd being injured, and it was like a freak thing. But then today he comes out, and he's honestly looking better than ever. Yeah, I I think he he clearly looks good, right? You know, got some pressure on the quarterback. Um, after last week, you know, I thought it was a big, you know, boost for the the pass rushers. I thought Justin Hollins came up huge at the end of the game. Um, you know, I it, it which is definitely necessary because Terrell Lewis looked like he was slowly but surely kind of taking over that role. So. You know that that's that's what I would say about that. But what else? Uh, what else were you guys thinking about this game? I I think you have to be concerned about the short pass offense uh, that they're using against the Rams umbrella. Uh, they they get some easy five, six, seven, eight yard throws. And it eats up the clock, and it keeps the Ram offense off the field. And uh, yeah, that game plan, I think they've—we're going to see a lot of that. You, well, yeah, I think that's—I mean, that's you know—you take what the defense gives you. I mean, would yeah. it be nice to be able to kind of dictate your own offense, throw down the field whenever you want? Of course, but you know, when the Rams, like you said, you know, they're playing that soft shell coverage. I mean, it's. It's one of those things where it's like, well, I want to throw deep, but why would I throw deep when the defense is giving me, you know, pitch and catch over the middle, you know? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense, really. So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you there. It, um, it, it becomes incredibly frustrating, I will say that. It becomes incredibly frustrating watching the team when they're, you know, they're dinking and dunking like that. But, you know, that's just, uh, that's just the way it is, unfortunately, you know? I mean, that's just... That's that's their scheme and it's worked out well and it's like I don't I don't like the cushion. I actually hate the cushion. I hate the ten yard cushion. I know. But I mean that's just the way that's the way they, they do things, you know. All right. I'm sorry, I wasn't seeing the comments. Now I see the comments. Run blocking, the O line played well, A Rob, uh RBs in the blocking schemes. Stafford first pick was him trying to use his eyes to freeze the safety. It did not work, but all he needed was one step to get that touchdown to Higgs. It's true. And that's a good observation. Um, probably shouldn't have thrown it. Higgs didn't, you know, he had, Higgs had outside uh, leverage. Um, but, you know, he probably should have thrown it to his back shoulder um, on that. Yeah, Rams just need to play cleaner football. O-line standing strong. They weren't getting bullied by the bull rush. That's true. Nope. Boom. Played good. He did. Uh, that was also a good amount of play action used in the right spots. Hendo really sells the play the right action spot. and is excellent at using his momentum to chip DEs. 
I agree with that. I thought, you know, kind of going back to what we were talking about, um, you know, during the Marv, I don't know if you caught any of it, but, um, you know, during my watch through of the live stream uh, of the film. And when I was watching the film, I was like, why didn't they have Henderson and pass protection at all last game? Uh, they corrected that this time. I saw a lot of Henderson and pass protection and not a lot of acres in pass pro. So, um, you know, that was that was big. You saw that he was willing to take up that that role, take up that mantle. And I thought he looked great. This is somebody that just absorbs contact and. You know, they, they look at the size he is, but I keep saying, I mean, like, this guy can block, he can, he runs with power, he's fast, he's quick. I, I really, like I said, I think the Rams have a real good one in Daryl Henderson. I was concerned in the middle of the game when he didn't come back in because he got hit. Really. <laughs> <I was too. laughs> okay, yeah, you saw it. But yeah. And he didn't yeah, come I back was in. Like, he didn't come back in. I was like, in. is he hurt? And, he, and I said... Uh, we need him. <laughs> Didn't come in. For that I don't know how. The second, third, he played, but thank goodness. Oh, he runs hard. Gosh, that guy runs hard. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, he does. Oh, he does. Um, he so blocks. Dr. asked Jake, "What do you think of?" Flipping a late round pick for running back Ty Johnson from the Jets. I would say this as somebody that covers the Jets as well. The Jets will not make that trade. They love Ty Johnson, so I don't think they would do that. But he might help. Um, I don't think he's necessarily what they would like. They would probably want a bigger back if they were going after somebody. Um, Ty Johnson's kind of more built like he's kind of like Daryl Henderson. Um, not quite as good, but you know, he can definitely help you with pass catching out of the backfield. So I just don't think the Jets would trade him. Um, Powell is finding his way into this offense. Happy for him. Yes, I agree. Uh, what is the size difference from Allen to Shelton? I really like Shelton at center. I think they're about the same. They're both, like, smaller. Um, Boondy, you're not on uh, mute, so uh, try talking and see if it's working now. I guess that's a bummer. So yeah, um, I was gonna Check look. Your volume. Let's see. Someone asked the size of Brian Allen and Coleman Shelton. I think they're about the same, but let me check for sure. So Shelton, he's a little taller. He's six four two uh, two sixty. Yeah, he's two four two ninety nine, and Brian Allen is six two three zero three. I think Shelton is perfect for the role. He's a little older. He's 27. You know, Brian Allen's 26, but those are guys in their prime, you know. So Another, you got him yeah. probably for the foreseeable. Like, I would imagine if Shelton, like, you know, works out the way I believe he's going to, they'll sign him to another deal. Um, yeah. And then when they sign him to another deal, they're going to probably have him as long as they have Stafford. So that'll be good. Another low draft pick. Yeah. That's true. Um, Do you think we implement a new defensive system next year if Morris gets a head coaching job? Seems like Ben No Break isn't a great defense. 
I think they're going to keep the similar concepts intact. Um, you know, if, if Raheem gets picked up as a head coach, which I'd be shocked if he didn't, then it'll probably be like, it'll probably be Henderson. Um, the defensive lines coach, who's the running game coordinator. It'll be either him, Chris Shula, or Jonathan Cooley, who's uh, the coach in the secondary. Chris Shula's the linebacker's coach. I think it'd be like one of those guys. So, Because I think it's going to be in-house, I think they're going to kind of just keep the same type of you know, defensive concepts. But that's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. The bend don't break... I don't have as much of an issue with it. I like, I don't like the cushion, but I do get the concept of it. Playing it again. The difference between uh, the Buffalo quarterback running that system and Mariota. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you know, things are a little bit, you know, it, you you really can see the that's a great point. I mean, watching Josh Allen just pick the the defense apart, read things like a book, whereas opposed to Mariota, who I don't yeah. think he I thought he played really well, um, but he doesn't have the no. release that Josh Allen has, nor does he have the velocity, no, not even um, close, or the arm strength. But I think he's proven he's a starting quarterback in the NFL, so I think it's a it's a win for him so far. Mariota's look better than I expected. I, I will say that with confidence. Who do we play next week? Next week is Arizona. In Arizona. Oh, well, that little guy can... So, I can't even tell you the last time the Rams lost to the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. I mean, let's put it this way. They beat Arizona without Tyler Higbee and Jalen Ramsey. They were starting Kareem Orr at, at corner. <laughs> And Arizona had everybody, so <laughs> I can look it up. Actually, Cardinals and Rams all time. We'll see what the last time they lost. I mean, it had to have been after Sean McVay. Yeah, because the Rams they won last year thirty to twenty three, and then they won tw- uh, thirty eight to twenty eight with Jared Goff in twenty twenty. And then they won thirty-four to seven in twenty nineteen in Arizona. Um, twenty eighteen they won thirty-one to nine in Arizona. And twenty seventeen they won thirty-two to sixteen in Arizona. It was twenty that was twenty seventeen. Twenty sixteen the Rams beat Arizona in Arizona seventeen to thirteen. And 20, let's see, trying to see here. So 2016, 2015, the Rams beat Arizona 24 to 22. So this is past Sean McVay. Uh, The Rams lost to Arizona in 2014 that's the last time the rams have lost to arizona on the road uh they lost 31 to 14 back in 2014 and that was i would imagine austin davis was the quarterback 
Trey Mason was the running back. Kenny Britt was the leading receiver. So there you go. Last time the Rams lost to Arizona on the road was 2014. Um, what do you think of our pass rush? Do you think they need a boost there, which might help lighten the pressure on the secondary? No. They might. I don't think they'll explore anything like that until later on, but I could definitely see the Rams midseason being like, hey, you know what? Like, to the Panthers, like, you're, you guys have about two wins right now. It's like week 10 or whatever. Uh, why don't you give us Brian Burns and we'll give you, like, our first round pick in 2024 and a bunch of picks <laughs> or whatever. Like, I, I mean, you know, I think it's possible. Wouldn't rule it out. So we'll see how that goes. But I think I wouldn't rule anything like that out. Robert Quinn might be available if the way the, the Bears are playing. I think they're down now by 10. So, yeah, definitely wouldn't rule that out. It will definitely be interesting. I mean, I'm sure the Rams will have an opportunity at the deadline to get better. That's as simply put as I can make it. If the Rams feel like they need to upgrade, they will have opportunity at the deadline to do that. So, we'll, you know, we'll see. I mean, when push comes to shove, the Rams might be like, you know, we're missing a couple pieces. And, But on top of that, you have to keep in mind – you got to save some money for Odell. You know, it's not always as simple as just implanting, you know, guys on your roster. So we'll see how that goes. Um, 21 people in here. Damn. Love to see it. So the NFC, uh, the NFC West recap, for those of you who missed today, the 49ers took down Seattle 27-7. Um, to take the lead in the NFC West division, but everyone is tied at one and one right now. So Seattle lost brutally. So now the NFC West is as followed. The Niners are one, the Rams are two, Seattle's three, and Arizona is four. Um, Right now, the only team with a positive point differential is San Francisco in the AFC West. So that's going to change, right? That's that always, that comes from getting blown out by the bills that happens. Right. But I don't know. I come away feeling pretty good so far about the Rams. It wasn't a great ending, right? I mean, they won the game. It wasn't the best, but they won the game. And, you know, for those of you that are here that weren't here earlier, I was, basically agreeing with Sean McVay saying, you know, you can't take for granted any of these wins. They're so important. They're so hard to get. And I mean, let's be honest here. And Marv, I'm sure you can agree. You've watched a lot of football. Um, you know, like these, these games really come down to like three or four plays. I mean, I think that's the thing here, Yeah. you know? And so, yeah, you get a 49ers game where you win 27 to 7. You know, you you get games where like the Rams last time they played Atlanta, they won 20 or 37 to 7. But there're also those games where not everything goes your way. And so, you know, you could be right into it down the line and it could be a a tough game. And I think most of these teams, I mean, this is probably one of the most competitive leagues I've seen the NFL have. I mean, there's a lot of 
teams where you just don't know what to make of. I don't think the pretenders are going to come out until probably around like mid season. So you're going to get everyone's best shot. And I mean, (laughs) the Colts saw that today, man, Jacksonville looked like a good football team, but you just, you see it all over the place. You know, I mean, are there teams that haven't won yet? Sure. Falcons haven't won. Panthers haven't won. Packers still haven't won, although it looks like they might win this game. Raiders are 0-2. Titans are potentially going to be 0-2 after they play the Bills. The Colts technically haven't won. They tied. Neither have the Texans. The Bengals are 0-2. I mean, you know, it's you're going to have to fight for wins. And, you know, I'll say this with the Falcons. Say what you will about the Falcons, but they lost a four-point game to a team that was just in the Super Bowl. Yep. And then they started off the season losing a one-point game against a pretty tough Saints team. So, I don't know. I mean, like like I said, you know, during the live stream, we're going to find out pretty quickly what this Falcons team is. And, uh, you know, the bottom line is Rams already won the game, so it's not going to matter. It's not going to take anything away from what they've already done. And that's a good thing. It's how you should look at it. But it also gives the Rams something that, you know, they can clean up and they can figure things out. So, you know, all in all, it's one and one. It's a win. If the season ended today, the Rams would be the seventh seed in the postseason. And the Rams can continue to add on to that with uh, upcoming games against the 49ers and the Cardinals. Cardinals next week and then the 49ers on Monday Night Football. So, they go and beat the Cardinals next week. They have, uh, you know, some extra time to get ready for Monday Night Football. That's a good thing. I believe that's on the road, if I'm not mistaken. But I still think they can win that game. And it looks like uh, because of the Trey Lance injury, and I hope I hope he ends up, you know, recovering well because that was a brutal uh, ankle injury. He's it out looks for like the year. Be, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. I hope he ends up having, like, a full recovery. Yeah, uh, okay. of course. You know, that that could be that could be you know tough, but with him out for the year, um, Jimmy Garoppolo is back, and that means that the Rams have still never played against Trey Lance, um, not as the starter. So Garoppolo will be back, and uh, we'll see how that goes on Monday Night Football. Does anyone else have uh, you know any any thoughts or anything they want to call in before we uh, call it a show? Mar, if you have anything, or you, they, they're, some of them they look right, like the block punt. I mean, <laughs> the guy who blocked the punt was a down lineman. Yeah, he never got touched by the guard at all. I mean, it's crazy. I've never seen that before. Usually, there's a guy who who comes in from the outside or something. This guy, this guy just was down in the. In the three-point stance and boom, right up the middle. That should be easy to fix, but I I, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, where's the personal protector there, you know? Yeah, it wasn't accounted for at all. Because the guy who's centering the ball, you know, he doesn't see it. His head's down. So, anyhow. Patrick, welcome. What did you think about the game? Oh, it reminded me of the Tampa Bay game from last year. 
Oh, <laughs> we were up twenty-seven to three, and then we blew a lead, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Oh yeah, and, and I mean, in that game, that was even—I mean, that was the weirdest game I've ever seen because they could not have dominated that game any better. And it was postseason, and they're playing Tom Brady, and I mean, they're just absolutely dominating them, and like. It's not even like Tampa really did a whole lot. I mean, you know, obviously they answered back, but four fumbles. I mean, when are you going to have that? It just was, that was like, it was a bizarre game. I remember watching that and thinking, I've never seen anything like this. And to come away with the win was just like huge. I kind of felt the same way, you know, with the Falcons. I don't want to say it was huge, but I mean, you know, you should come away with the win. But at the end of the day, I mean, it just kind of reminded us all like, you know, we're sitting here, maybe some of us are, Looking at our fantasy team, like, all right, can they just uh, throw another one to Cooper Cup? And, you know, it was kind of a humbling moment, at least for me anyway, because, you know, I'm looking at my, you know, prize picks lineup and I'm like, all right, I just need like, what, 20 yards from Henderson and I win this amount of money. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, I don't care anymore. I want the Rams to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. But well, it's, uh, it's a humbling moment because – you know, and it's why I say, and I don't mean any offense when I say it, but I say as a fan base, we've gone to down in the dumps every weekend to like, I guess we're somewhat spoiled in a sense, you know, got a really good team and, yeah. you know, the, uh, the expectations, I think the fan base has for this team. And I don't think it's wrong to have, it's actually that this fan base kind of reminds me similar to, you know, being a Yankee fan how it's just like this expected excellence. Like you expect to win the world series every year. If you are a Yankee fan, if they don't, they don't win the world series. It's a losing season. I mean, that is a far cry from where the Rams were in 2016. The Rams were not a team where you just like it's super bowl or bust. And they have completely changed that. And that's, I mean, that's a good thing. Yeah, it was interesting how Cup fumbled in the Tampa Bay game, and then he fumbled in tonight's game. I'm like, oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my god, you're not kidding. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> That's and like the Akers same thing fumbled. is happening all over again. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, you know, luckily next week is not at home against the Cardinals and Sony Michelle isn't the running back to fumble at the own uh, <laughs> 20 yard line. <laughs> that was, did you, uh, did you see how the Cardinals cool. went? Yeah. Uh, I was live during that, but I actually, I was able to catch that right before I went live on this. And uh, yeah, I just, the Raiders have some big issues and that's, you know, that's what I'll say. I mean, you look at the Rams, their issues, it could be a lot worse. Yep. You know, I mean, the Raiders last week, they lose by four to the Chargers in a game where no one thinks they should even be in it. And then you look and you're like, I don't know, man. Like, you know, they had a chance car through three picks. And, uh, and they didn't run with Jacobs, uh, Josh Jacobs. And then this week, they are up 23 to seven and they take their foot off the gas and they allow Arizona to get back into it with, I mean, Arizona didn't really have a running game. It wasn't like bad, but it wasn't great. Um, and I mean, Kyler wasn't spectacular, but you know, when he needed to be, 
he elevated his game and they ended up winning 29-23 in a game that, I mean, I'm looking at the chart here. ESPN had the Raiders expected win percentage at 78.9%. Really? Um, nope, I'm wrong there. ESPN had the Raiders win percentage here when they were up 23 to 7. It was at 97.5%. That's, I mean, that's insane. That's absolutely insane. You look at the Rams and Falcons and that win percentage. Let's see. So the Rams, the Rams win percentage was at 99.2. And then shot all the way up to 65 Point nine in favor of the Falcons, not winning the game, but you know the Rams went all the way down to sixty five point nine percent and leaning towards Atlanta in a comeback bid, um, and then eventually you know the Rams win the game. But I mean, at one point, yeah, the Rams had ninety nine point two, no ninety nine point six when it was when they were up twenty eight to three. And that's just crazy. They were they were still ten percent uh, probability when they were up twenty eight to ten, and you would expect that because it was the fourth quarter. I mean, it really just shows you what what you know Atlanta had to do, and how the Rams really shot themselves in the foot, and how there was also some luck involved. How do you think Joseph Nopu did tonight? I thought Nopum was really good, um, and it was a good thing to see him because here's the thing. We saw him last week against Von Miller, and the reps without Von Miller, he held his own. And the reps against Von Miller, he was pretty 50-50, which, as you know, if a pass rusher is winning half of the time, you know he's already at a disadvantage anyway because um, he doesn't have the size that the offensive lineman has. So if a pass rusher is winning 50% of the time, that is a W for the pass rusher. Like, you will take that. Um, so, really, it was just really difficult for No Boom, who was just getting pushed left and right by Von Miller. Um, but then you go in this game and you're like, he didn't, I don't even think he allowed a pressure off that side. Now, yeah, did they make I it don't a little... think he did either. Yeah, I, I don't think he did, but, you know, they also, and to be fair, they did make it easier on him. But that's literally what we were clamoring for, uh, you know, at the end of last week. It was just like, why wasn't there help? You know, you have Daryl Henderson who can block the way he does, the way he, you know, he has the wherewithal in pass pro to go up there, stick his face in the fan and just, you know, do his job, protect his man. Why is he not out there? Now, do you think, do you think if Whitworth were still playing? that they would have against Von Miller, that they would have given him help. They might have. um, But I mean, I, I don't really know because it almost seemed like they didn't want to give him help because it didn't really, I don't want to say it didn't occur to them. There's no way that they were sitting there like, Oh, I didn't know we could do this. Um, (laughs) At least I hope to God that was not what was happening. (laughs) But, you know, I do think that, like, 
part of what they were trying to do on offense, they felt they couldn't do if they started, you know, taking a tight end or taking a running back and going over and trying to, you know, have more of a heavy emphasis and protecting the quarterback. So I think that they were too, a little, they were a little too scheme snobby, if you ask me last week. Um, so I think they fixed that this week, even when they didn't really need Henderson and pass pro, they, they got him, you know, they even had him lined up, uh, you know, in the slot, still used him in pass protection. So they didn't even like really use him last week. It was really acres who is, that's his biggest weakness. So I was really confused why they did that, but. No, it was a it was a breath of fresh air to see them use that, uh, especially Ben Skoranek at fullback. I absolutely loved seeing him at fullback. That was great. Um, yeah. You know, he they, he doesn't have to stay there forever, but I think it does. It offers another look for them and another option, and I think that that's huge moving forward. There was produced a- to Kevin Quersberry, uh, the offensive line coach. Oh, uh, Carberry? Carberry. Starts with a Q. Yeah. Yeah, Carberry definitely has to feel good about his offensive line. He's done a good job. He, he's done a very good job. And, you know, obviously the depth sucks because they're so thin now with injuries. But I think he's doing the best he can. And I think he's, you know, he, he's made this team look good. I mean, simply put. Yeah. I I think going forward the offensive line should be Noteboom, Edwards, Shelton, Jackson, and then uh, Havenstein on the end there. Um. So you have Noteboom, and then you have Edwards, you have Shelton, Jackson, and uh, and Havenstein. That's what it is? Yeah, yeah I th- that's what they did tonight, and I think they they worked out pretty good. Because I agree. Because I think, you know, I know they're going to want those guys back when they're healthy, like Brian Allen. I think you got to go with what worked. I mean, how many times have we heard uh, McVay say he wants the best people who gives them the best chance of winning? Well, you saw that tonight. Which actually was my biggest concern with playing Akers over Henderson. Because, <laughs> I mean, you want the best guy. You want the best guy running the football. And I think it's definitely Henderson. Yeah, totally agree. I think uh, Akers might have one foot out the door. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I mean, you know, kind of changes over time. Akers doesn't look quite like we saw him in the postseason, but, you know, maybe he gets more confidence and looks better. Um, the Cardinals game is going to be interesting. It feels like he always plays well against Arizona, so – I mean, we'll, we'll see about that, but yeah, you know, in conclusion, would have loved a blowout, but feel good about just getting the W and, you know, I feel, I feel very humbled because, you know, while I was sitting there like, wow, you know, they only, if Henderson gets 20 more yards, I'm winning like 500 bucks, Uh, (laughs) you know, I'm also at the same point realizing like, uh, we just need to get the win because this isn't even wrapped up yet. So yeah, humbling experience for me. Uh, probably humbling experience for some fans as well. Um, you take it however you can win it. And uh, if next week they go in Arizona and they blow the doors off again, and they don't have a, a you know a thing like this, then um, I won't be shocked in the slightest. I'll be honest with you. I think they're 
I think Arizona is just not a very good football team, and I think the Rams are – I like I've said over and over again, I think the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl again. I think they'll be the first team to repeat since the 2004 Patriots. And uh, for those of you who believe in history, you know, and all that, I'll just say this. It's the longest drought in the history of the NFL uh, for a back-to-back team. So it has not happened in the longest time in the history of the league. I think it's a perfect time for it to happen this year. And I think this team is better than last year. I think early on in the year, it may not look that way, but just think about this team as a well-oiled machine down the road, getting Odell back, Van Jefferson healthy. Um, I think they're just going to be really... I think their offense kind of showed you first half against the Falcons that they're potentially unstoppable, you know, when they want to do what they do, what they want to do. And, uh, you know, they, they don't turn the ball over and they give, you know, Stafford protection and they can run the ball and they can mix up their approach when they're mixing up their plays like that. They are literally unstoppable. We saw that in the first half that Rams, they need to carry that energy the rest of the year because if they do that will translate to any team they will be able to beat any team if they play at that level yeah the first half definitely looked like the Rams of last year the way we're just moving that ball yeah it was just it was like you were surprised if they had a negative yard play and they actually said Cam Akers was the first one to have the negative yard play and that didn't happen until like the third quarter that's incredible I mean, how many did they have against, you know, the Bills? Well, I turned that game off about halfway through. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't have the luxury of doing that because, unfortunately, my friends, I, if you were there, you know, but if you weren't, I was in a watch party. <laughs> so I was live streaming and everyone had to literally see <laughs> – uh, you know, my reaction, I was, you know, live the whole game and yeah, it was, it was painful. I'm not going to say yeah. that, pretend it wasn't. <laughs> I was in there. I just had to say, I, I can't take this no more. I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, Hey, I get it. I, I understand it. My co-host for DTR, um, she, her and I basically were like texting throughout the Rams and Ravens game in 2019. And uh, I mean, I've never seen domination on the level Lamar Jackson dominated the, the defense. And I mean, the Ravens just kept kicking them in the mouth and it just got to the point. I mean, it's like 44 to six and keep in mind 2019. Okay. Like Super Bowl hangover, but most of us definitely felt like that team could win a Super Bowl. They just dealt with so many unfortunate injuries. Um, And, you know, just nothing ever really got together the right way. And they lost a game that they should have won. And then they absolutely got screwed over by the the playoff format at the time. It was the last year of the 16 playoff format. They would have made it under, you know, this format. But, um, no, it's just – it's crazy because I remember – the 44 to six game, Alexis and I are like, let's record the podcast. And uh, it was, it was the third quarter. And we're like, it's 44 to six. Like it's over. Like we're sitting here like laughing. Like we, we didn't even know how to react to this. It was just like, it was a laugher, but 
you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I just don't feel like the Rams are really, they're not that team. I mean, as bad as the, the Bills game looked, when you go back, you watch the tape, you can see the moments that they had in that game. And uh, the Bills give them every opportunity to win that game. I mean, the Rams were down 17 to 10 to start the fourth quarter. Two bad, and I mean bad, breaks in coverage. Um, you know, the Ramsey one and the David Long one really just broke it open. But the Rams were in that game. And, you know, you can say what you will about, you know, oh, well, the defense had to force all those turnovers. Yeah, but that's football, you know. And it's just, uh, I, I feel like, and I felt this way as soon as it happened, but when they lost that game in the Bills, I'm like, oh, they're about to go on a run now. And maybe this is the game where, you know, we saw that first half and maybe they didn't finish it the way they would have absolutely wanted to, but they ended up winning the game. And I think they became more dangerous because of it. But we'll see. Any final thoughts, folks, before I uh, head on out of here? Yeah, Jake, I was uh, taken by Kobe Durant. He started the third quarter. Yeah, he looked very good, and I I just don't know how you – like, when you go – the coaches are going to go in and watch the tape. I just don't know how you can say, yeah, David Long should start over him. I wasn't you know? sure if he was in for him, uh, Long or Hill. I'm, I'm, I was confused with that. But, uh, um, I think he was in for, for Long, but I uh, – well, I think he originally started off – he was in for long because it happened right after long got burned yeah. and then he came in. So yeah. yeah, no, they got their eye on him. Oh they, yeah. They like, they like this kid Durant. They do. They like, uh, they like Rochelle a lot too. I think Rochelle. Yes, is they probably, do. Both, both those know. guys. He was banged up. That's why he, you know, he didn't really get a chance, but, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. I'm I'm excited to see you know year three Van Jefferson. I think people are really forgetting about him. I think he has a chance to explode onto the scene. Um, having that speed in the secondary, deep in the secondary, you know, stretching out the defense and everything, it's just going to open up everything else, and they're just going to be even that much more scarier. So, yeah, I'm very excited for for that emergence. I'm excited, you know, for now the thing that they found with, uh, you know, using Skoranek as the fullback. I just think there are a lot of good things that came out of this game. I'm not going to really look at the score. I know there's going to be people that say, I can't take the Rams seriously. They almost lost to the Falcons. They got blown out by the Bills. But, you know, that's their loss. I think they're going to beat the Cardinals and they'll beat the Niners and we'll, we'll go from there. But I got one request for you, Jake. Yeah. Using all your influence and your connections to the Rams. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I want you to get a hold of them and tell them when they do their press conferences throughout the week and McVeigh and everybody, could they please get the reporters to get mic'd up so we can hear the actual question? Oh, my God. I've been, I've been asking for that forever. You can never hear it. So frustrating. I don't even know when the coach starts speaking or the players speaking. I'm like, oh, who are you talking about? And I have to try to figure it out. Yeah, it's weird. Like normally they are mic'd up, or at least they have like a, a shotgun microphone. Um like you know, like NBA, for instance, they have the the pressers and uh you know at the podium, 
there's a shotgun microphone off camera that you can see and it. it basically captures the audio from the rest of like the the audience so to speak like the the reporters and uh for whatever reason uh the rams don't use one so yeah i don't i don't know um I mean, because I, I deal with the same thing i try to hear try to you know take you know notes after the game see things that like, i might want to circle back to and uh yeah it's it's really bizarre how um you know you you can't hear anything yeah i'm having to blast a tv up for 100 just to try to hear and then i have to quickly sh- lower the volume down before the coach speaks <laughs> oh yeah and then he he's like you know his voice is like peaking because you know it's like they have his mic turned way too loud it's uh yeah it's not ideal but I uh, I'll continue to, to yell about that, and we'll see if eventually my yelling results in anything positive. <laughs> <laughs> All you can do is ask. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, this has been a lot of fun. I'm glad uh, glad we did this. Um, we'll be doing this after every every game. Um, you know, we'll start on YouTube. We'll go live on YouTube. Then afterwards, the people that still want more Rams content, that have more things to say, and want to say it in person like you two, um, you know, then this will be open after the game. So I look forward to doing this more and more and more, continue to, you know, build Rams edge up. Um, I do believe we're at 99 subscribers. So, uh, you know, continue to build and, uh, you know, get people comfortable with the app, but Hey, that's going to do it. So I'm Jake Ellenbogen. I'm the host of, uh, Rams edge. If you enjoyed this, be sure to, um, if you are one of the people plus five others in attendance that don't have an account, be sure to sign up for a call in. It's absolutely free. You can sign up, subscribe to the Rams edge uh, podcast and uh, subscribe. You'll never miss another live uh, podcast show. If you're one of those people that wants to see it on the replay. Well, if you missed anything, you can go back and listen to it after the fact on call in. It's also on iTunes, Google play and Spotify. So be sure to check it out there. That's going to do it for me. You guys take care, and I'll see you guys later. Bye.